0: to join at oldmarketingschool.com learn go to oldmarketingschool.com learn to apply for the next cohort of Old marketing school certification hey legendary human yes i'm talking to you love the show why not joining hundreds of creatives already part of our collective for monthly masterminds challenges masterclasses and so much more we help creatives make a positive impact in the world with their message and their content so give your creative work the visibility that it deserves. Find out more about how to get involved in the show notes of this episode.
1: I had lots of problems because I would talk to people about SEO, yeah, and then they would be like, So, who, who are you, Mills? and I'm like, Founder and CEO,
0: SEO, SEO, CEO. And Well, hello, Amy. Hi, pal How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I am excited to be back and to get with our podcasty friends and talk about all things uh, recipes and food today. But before we start, a little announcement. Our lovely Samantha is not working with the HPC anymore. Nevertheless, she's still a happy friend, which means please go and check Samantha Howe at Spoonful of Happy on her blog and photography account. And you will definitely hear her back. Uh, We'll make sure that we come back every so often with Samantha and that we get on the podcast again. But uh, for now, if you hear me and Amy, don't despair. Uh, We are gonna keep you lovely company and we promise lots more of fun and weird samples of potential songs eventually. And other special guests, obviously aside from our interviewees, uh, but today we are talking, yeah, once again about food. I think we talk a lot about food, don't mind. Food
2: is like my favourite topic. I can talk <laughs> about food all day long, so that's great.
0: And we got a good food fact for me.
2: Oh my gosh. No, not on the spot. Um, there was
0: one about peanuts, wasn't it?
2: Oh yeah. I feel like everyone knows that though, do So peanuts aren't nuts, but they're legumes. Um, I'm not sure if that affects why so many people are allergic to them because they're not nuts,
0: but mm. yeah,
2: they're not even nuts.
0: Well, I guess if you didn't know that, let us know. I, th- I mean, I knew, but you know when you don't remember, it's one of those things that yeah. you just like. Tomatoes are fruit, right?
2: Yeah, tomatoes fruit. Avocados are fruit because got yeah. stone. Yeah,
0: yeah, same. Um, there must yeah. be something else as well. So like you know, and
2: strawberries no aren't berries because their seeds are on the outside. <laughs> I think don't quote me and I've just said that live <laughs> but
0: I'm sorry for anyone listening if I'm completely wrong. <laughs> so you know what we said? Yeah, no, wrong, wrong. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. I was like, there's so many things that we don't know about food and I think you learn so many things especially when you're cooking like for me, my beast has always been uh, the aubergines.
2: Oh my gosh, aubergines can be so good.
0: Mm. But then you have to cook them, right? Yeah, they can also there. be very tough. <laughs> <There> <laughs> ones they're tough and dry and sad Yeah, and they cry. When, yeah. you're, when you're <laughs> sleep, I think you know. mentioned uh,
2: liquid smoke on yeah. your jeans.
0: oh yeah, so, yeah I mentioned that before and I really like that mm-hmm. but yeah that's the kind of thing I'm just like you know I think when you're cooking more when you're like experimenting with your food and you will know it probably better than me because you're experimenting mm-hmm. also with loads of like more complicated recipes and baking and stuff yeah you start to learning some things that really help you because otherwise sometimes you feel tied into a recipe let's say you want to go vegan for example and you're yeah. baking talk about vegan baking actually last week so in like okay which I don't know which flour should I use which kind of substitute should I use so once you do it a few times
2: yeah you can play around a bit and things and using chia eggs and flax eggs instead of normal eggs and sometimes you don't even need a replacement because you can just play around with milks and lemon juice and yeah it's definitely like a learning curve for sure um it's something that's really fun exciting though
0: how often do you test a recipe before you put live I should probably test it way more times than I do. <laughs> is this is confidential, know? guys.
2: Yeah. <laughs> A couple of times, not loads and loads. I love it when it works first time. It really is disappoints me when it doesn't work <laughs> first time. And it's that kind of making yourself do it again to make sure it's perfect. Um, sure. I think the more you experiment, though, you know where you went wrong. Yeah. So, for example, I'm like, oh, I know if I cooked that for like three less minutes, it would be perfect. Yeah. So, I'm just going to put that in. Um, but obviously, some you do test out loads and loads. And from experience, the more you test it, the better it is. I the do agree. It is,
0: yeah, I think that's why like um, all the traditional recipes work mm. so well because you know your mum did it, your your grandma did it, the grandma of your grandma did it, and then you do it for like twenty years. It's all you do. Yeah, practice does make perfect. Mm-hmm. It I does. Think, I think it's something also that is really important. Like today, we're going to talk to Sophia from Meals about actually we go a lot into the SEO side of things. Fun. But it's important to get the right keywords that, you know, the search engine optimization, that's where SEO is, so that basically your recipes can be found Mm -hmm. and otherwise your recipe can be found very, very bluntly as well. And that's why I find it's really interesting that because obviously so many people want to make food and so many people now, instead of going to an index of a cookbook, they literally go into Google. Um, there's so many avocado toast recipes that you can find before yours appears.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. I even typed in like nourishing Amy banana bread and mine didn't come up first. (laughs) And I was like, what am I doing wrong? So like SEO is something that I definitely need to learn more about because I love making recipes and love sharing them. But ultimately, I want people to make them. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to just be sat there on the internet. I actually want people to make them.
0: Hundred um, percent. Yeah. One of the things that Sophia said actually um, in our chat is obviously mm. the importance of finding the specific elements and the specific words that are slightly different from you know the usual like banana bread or yeah. something along those lines. They're so kind of thinking a bit laterally, and that's where uh, we did. We do actually have an article which we can put in link in the show notes as well um, about. This topic where she literally goes into the specific Mm. details, Um, but yeah, what I would say is like a lot of people get demoralized because people don't find the recipes, or and like, well, it's not, it's not you, boo. Yeah,
2: (laughs) it's the like thousands and millions of other people out there also posting banana bread. Exactly, like it's just the competition, and it's great that it exists, and it great, it's great that there's so much inspiration out there. But yeah, it can kind of seem a bit daunting when you want to just grow and you want people to make your own recipes.
0: I agree I agree and we and that's the thing like what what happens is every year things slightly change mm-hmm, so obviously yeah. well, whether you're just putting a normal article or a recipe you need to be always aware that because obviously more people are on the mobile more people are checking things through other mediums than Google which is unfortunately your best friend unfortunately because it's the one that most people rely on yeah. so playing by Google's rules is what you have to do outside sad as it sounds. yeah um, so last week actually um, there was um. A masterclass that I did, a live masterclass. We put in the you can check and kind of like get the replay if you want to as well. So if you go to um, Help bloggers Community and you go to masterclasses, you'll find them the replay for that one. And it was all about SEO in 2020. Mm-hmm. And there are already some different rules that are coming up. And some of them I mentioned that by Sophia, so I definitely recommend listening to this episode as well. And then there's more extra stuff that obviously Google feeds you, and I would say. Obviously, anybody that has a online content should look into this. Yeah. But especially if you got food, especially if you got recipes, especially if your website is relatively young. Yours is quite young too, as well. Isn't yeah, it?
2: it's like not even a year and a half.
0: And so. Then it takes a bit longer to populate, yeah. and obviously yeah, it, it takes does. longer to come up. So, I would say this one is one for you know a notepad yeah good old notepad baby yeah I think this is I think I'm going to listen straight after <laughs>
2: <today. I didn't> <laughs> take places, <laughs> <of> notes again <laughs> perfect good yes
0: and and get your strawberries and nuts and oh peanuts legumes yeah and enjoy it and we'll see you again or will speak to you again next week yeah see you next week Bye-bye. bye bye hey bye again it's just like you did um, was it your first talk the one that you did um proper talk I suppose um, at the event at meals or you have done some before no
1: I've done some before
0: but it depends <laughs> so it's... you're fine you see it's just yeah. like you don't have to do it in front of people now it's just me my face and the mic yeah
1: well I did a lot of talks at uni as well because I used to work for a charity and a law firm and a hail clinic as well wow so like small projects as a uni project um, and I had to present all the time like for once I actually had to present for like 400 people Uh, But then it was very different. I think when I talk about meals, I get a little bit more, you know, like emotionally, attached because I'm emotionally attached to it, I'm a lot more nervous and I'm like, oh, what if people don't get it or what if, you know, like, I don't know, I just become more nervous. I think it's because
0: it's my baby. I get it. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Was it when you were doing um, the business uh, at uni? Is that what you were doing? no, No.
1: Well, I was doing a course that is called Entrepreneurship Innovation and Enterprise Development. So, Handful. <laughs> oh, yes. Mouthful, actually. Yes. So there are like two parts. First part of the course is you work on your own business, okay. like developing meals. Oh, so you develop. Well, that's, yeah. that's really cool. And the second part is you have to work with other organizations and you have to learn from them. What was it? So, can you and, choose them? Yeah. Okay. Well, they, they provide you with some a list of other companies that you can choose from or you can choose whoever you want to work with. Awesome. As long as they, of course, agree agree to work with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be with you whether you like it or not. Yeah, you but I mean, you
0: have to reach out yourself, and yeah. you know. Can you imagine just like sitting down in the office and be like, "Hi, I'm gonna be a new friend now. You can't get me away from you for three months." Okay, security. Exactly. How did you do, How yeah. did you choose yours? What was there any any criteria that you went through, or you just kind of said, "I just like you." When it came to the organizations, they wanted to work with.
1: Well, I really wanted to work with someone uh, in health. Yeah. So Hale Clinic is one of the most popular clinics um, in London, actually, uh, and the Queen used to go there, and the, the royal family goes there oh. still. Wow. So it's like you know, like very, very good. So I was like, oh, I really want to work with them, and then a fr- friend of mine knew the founder. Yeah. So he was like, oh, I can introduce you to them. So that was perfect, and then. Uh, the other one was a pharmaceutical company, yeah, and they were working on a charity project um, in Africa, nice. um, yeah, targeting people with HIV and creating an app for them that kind of gives them a community, you know, to talk to other people about their issues, how they're dealing with uh, finding out that they have HIV or so on. Uh, so we were building the app. Oh, cool! So that was like a technical part. Yeah, I was going to say. Well. So I tried to have a little bit of the industry knowledge in health, at least not necessarily food brands, but health, and then a little bit of technical experience as well,
0: which was the app. Because I think what I like about, well, meals, but more about you, you're behind it, is that there's always been a really in, an interest and an understanding of the UX side, <clears throat> user experience side. <laughs> like, I say all the words, and then I'm like, HTML, CSS, UX. People are like, Ugh. <laughs> English, please. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, also on the user experience side, on the technical side, obviously you have designers and people that help you out and they work around the clock for everything. But yeah. you are very knowledgeable. You should be like, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> okay, fine. Um, no, but in that respect, trust me, the amount of people they just say, I am this great idea, nothing wrong with that. I have a great idea. You make it. It doesn't matter how it works. I'll figure it out. I don't understand it. So if it breaks, I don't know. I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? But you yeah. actually can tell people, you can tell the authors in meals as well. I like, mean,
1: to be very honest, I feel like I'm still learning a lot, uh, but I do have an
0: amazing team of developers and designers, so I do learn a lot from them. That's what I mean, but you're, uh, you're still having that relationship with them rather than letting them do their thing and not having any input in it? That's what oh, yeah, sense. yeah, no, absolutely.
1: I really want to understand what they're doing as well. It's It's... I'm a little bit sometimes worried about my language. So sometimes I call them and I'm like, I want this, this, and this. And they start talking to me in a very technical language. And I'm like, no, 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 hold on. As you said, English, please. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I try to understand uh, what they do and I try to understand how it works as well. And now after a few years, I'm a lot more confident as well. Also, remember,
0: you're bridging the gap between uh, them... And also the authors and all brands, basically the people yeah. that are part of the platform, right? Yeah. So you have to bridge that gap because you're basically bringing, so I wanna say, in the most like, 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 like way what, what meals looks like to me if I have to say it's like Pinterest. Or, it's like Pinterest only for recipes but also has a meal plan in it and then obviously we'll have yeah. more features that we go along but that's kind of, if you want to say it's like this and this and this, that's kind of what it is like Yes, so it's you, true. That's so how I normally explain it to people <laughs>
1: <So you have laughs> I'm to like it's like. Pinterest for recipes but then I, there are also resources like articles so you know it's more of an educational blog kind of uh, and then there's a meal planning uh, functionality which is different because it's not on Pinterest or Instagram or anywhere else. It's like a separate app, but also part of Meals. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's the kind of thing is that you have to bridge that gap because I yeah. find that sometimes, you know, especially, I don't know if you have it with the authors or the brands even, so basically the users, we think that we're only going to attract people that have a specific level of knowledge or expertise about the online world. But what I realize even with the, with the membership, and it's not that hard, you get two things, courses and there's a, the platform. Mm-hmm. That it. Yeah. But still, you need to realize that some people don't understand because we're, we're created the simplest way to do this, obviously. But it still is a bit like you have to choose different things. And um, I find out that that's some, sometimes that's the interesting thing. It's just like you have to be able to cater for the ones that are quite techy, understand everything, they upload their recipes, they do everything by themselves, and so they're done. Yeah. And for the people that literally they sign up and they're like, what next? I think is that sometimes we don't think about that, especially True. when it comes to very tech heavy project and brand
1: yeah yeah we struggle with that a little bit when we just launched uh, our minimum viable product mvp uh we asked for a lot of feedback as well we were like do you understand how to how meal plan works how how to use the plan and how to upload recipes is it easy for you <laughs> and so on so we did actually do a lot of research on that and yeah we are also trying to make sure that it's is as easy <laughs> as possible for users but it depends we also have a you know very wide audience as well yeah so younger people are obviously a lot more tech savvy uh we on meals have a lot of women who are 60 plus so for them it might take you know, a little bit longer to work out how it works but overall i personally hope that it's
0: easy for people yeah, to yeah, work yeah. to work out how to use it no hundred percent but i think is you you hit the nail on the head when you said it's the, the feedback that you asked yeah. for asking the questions. That's why when we were talking about the journey, I don't remember when, Once, some point we were talking about just the journey and a couple of things you've done. And you even sent me one of the surveys, or maybe the only one, I don't know, but you sent me one. remember I did it. And that's the thing that I was like, I know it sounds very silly, but if I had to tell you the amount of bloggers or professionals, even startups that I talk to when we're doing consulting or even in the community, I'm like, great, this is a great idea. Market research. Yeah. And or testing it and asking questions how much have you done of that well I know you know is that I know my competitors and I'm like oh, well and groovy <laughs> but you're, you're not you, your competitors audience is not your audience yeah what does your true. audience want and that's why I really um, admired what you did when you were like actually uh we spent heaps of time and resources in just creating the best feedback and survey possible so that we can get as much data as we can. I actually
1: really love doing market research. I'm I'm just about to do another one now. But we did the first one, which was quite big, you know, about the branding, the value, the user experience and so on. But now I'm going to do a separate one uh, and I want to talk to all the authors. So bloggers, nutritionists and chefs and then food brands as well to find out where exactly they see the most value in meals. Because, you know, sometimes you get lost as well. And yeah. it, it happens all the time. It's like, a, you know, you're up and down. And then at some point you think, oh, wait, I want to take some time and just work out how other people see it. Because after a few years, whatever you see and however you perceive your product or whatever you do might be very different from how other people see it. Agreed. So that's what I'm, I'm planning to do now, actually. I've actually even started, but I'm doing a few interviews yeah. with our existing authors and then um, I'm going to do a survey, and then I'm going to send you another survey. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I,
0: I could already see that something was going... And then, you know, then we'll pro- we can also share with the community as well. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, of course I we would can really do that. appreciate There's it. No problem.
1: But yeah, overall, I think it's actually very important to get feedback and to make sure that
0: people see it the way you want them to see it. hundred <laughs> percent, and I think, I mean, I don't want to spoil, but I think I know. It's one of the reasons why you want to see where they, where the value is, is also because then at some point you want to find different ways to scale and monetize yes exactly. and the best way to do that is to ask where people are seeing the value because otherwise one people are not going to invest in yeah. whatever you're doing giving them and two you don't know what people want actually i'll tell you this sorry just because i was thinking about research and surveys so we did a little um test with our next course mm-hmm. which is going to be live by the time people listen to this which is content mastery yeah which one but not i much. voted for it <laughs> It's gonna be the one that won. (laughs) (laughs) You wasn't the only one, I'll give you that. Um, Of course, (laughs) but very, very sly. But that's the one that won. And first of all, it makes people more involved, and it makes them feel like we're listening to what they want. It's kind of harder because literally all of them were about one or two votes apart. So it's like, Mm -hmm. but they're all in that case. It means they're all gonna come because it wasn't a case of like two votes each. It was like enough votes to prove that there was interest. Yeah. But it also gives them a bit more control. I was like, okay, so I got into like researching a bit more on you know the effectiveness of surveys and different ways that people respond to them. And I don't know if you've noticed that, whether in you know studies, but also by doing stuff. It was really interesting that I read that the best question that you can ask, if you want somebody to really answer, is not what you want, because sometimes people say, I want everything.
1: Yeah, sometimes, true.
0: Mostly. What are you struggling with? Or what is the thing that you need the most? Or what is actually what, what you're struggling with is the one that came up the most and I understand why because it's like what is the problem that you're trying to fix mm-hmm. uh, I'm not saying that's the only thing that you can do but I'm thinking if you feel or we know for example that if we tell them what they want they tell us everything so this is why a lot yeah, of the time we now ask people what you're struggling with Yeah, because that in that case we get back to the point that we have in our website now a little pop up that comes to the right and it says what do you need right now start your blog, grow your audience or monetize it.
1: Yeah.
0: And we're just starting to see kind of who your audience are, uh, is, sorry, our audiences and also what they want yeah, without yeah. even having to ask them. They just do it whilst they check the little thing. Because it's so, it's so easy as well to, you know, it's one click for them but for you it gives you a lot of information about exactly. your users. And that was a really interesting thing that I discovered after I into my little frenzy of researching <laughs> and service because it is actually a very fair point. Sometimes just you say, well, if I can have it all, I'm going to have it all. But yeah. then for you, it's not easy because you're like, great. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, no, that's true. Because we have to, prioritize. and I also have different parties as well. So priorities for bloggers will be different from priorities for food brands, for example.
0: Exactly. So, yeah. And I guess it's all it's all the thing where you like you want to help them, but also because you also have to make it viable for yourself. Yeah. It's kind of understanding what to prioritize on that basis. Exactly. And it's kind of interesting because I think that's another thing most brands have of course different people that they're serving but maybe they have one range of product to one product doesn't mean that different products might be for different people but you always have at least kind of like a core product in mind when you have a brand and the actual brand is already split in at least two to three different audiences that that can all make um Get, get some value out of it but they're very different yeah I think that's where you're, that, yeah. that's where you can struggle a lot yeah I'm not saying that you're struggling but I'm saying that I understand that it can be like okay great I got two different completely different people. They have completely different but That needs. is
1: how it is for us. And even food brands. So we work with food brands, but we have different types of food brands. There are smaller ones who want a little bit of promotion or advertising or just want to be featured in, you know, on our Instagram or in our newsletter. And then the food brands who want to set up their own small recipe platform, like NutraCell for example, yeah. they have completely different goals. You know, they don't really care about our newsletter <laughs> because they have a huge list of people who are subscribed um, to their, the, to, their or to their own newsletter so they want to build a um, software uh, their own recipe platform so again you know even if you just look at food brands then they're also very different with all different goals priorities budgets and so on
0: so that's kind of like when you almost decide whether you want to go completely splitting because that's what you did <clears throat> with the white label solution yeah. which is the one you're talking about yeah now. that's in a way, it's, it's a thing of its own, but it's also a very easy proposition because you know the budget is the most set thing. You're like, well, you know, if you cannot go above this budget, then you're not going to get it. Yeah. Because it just allows you at least to know who you're talking to. Yeah, it's yeah, no, for that's them, true. It's easy for them to say, no, it's not within my budget. Like, well, when, when it is, And it's okay. easier
1: for us to distinguish as well that way. Yeah, I for think sure. That's, that's
0: sometimes, sometimes we try to accommodate too much. If you know what I mean, oh, yeah, if you have, it, you know, like for people because you want to help everyone, but because we speak- also
1: want to have it all, you know, and and do this <laughs> and this and that, and then at some point we're like, wow, that's too much. We have to focus on something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah.
0: So, well, how do you find then the now the prioritizing? So obviously, there's going to be the survey that's going to help you out as well. Um, how do you think that will be the next step after that, realistically speaking? Uh, Well, realistically speaking, I'm
1: focusing on working with food brands at the moment. Um, But right now, and my goal is to finish doing it by probably September, is to make sure that the content that is shared on meals is of a very high quality. Yeah. Because initially when we started, you know, the platform was completely empty and I started working with everyone I wanted to because... I wanted as much content as possible. Yeah. And now I'm in this position, which I'm very happy about. <laughs> um, I can choose people to work with. And yeah. I want to tailor the content a little bit more to make sure it's a little bit more um, healthy in general, targeted, at more health-conscious people, uh, you know, have more resources about, for example, gut health and then recipes for gut, gut health as well. Cute. So, you know, a little bit more focused as well, tailored... Um, so these are my two priorities working on content and that's where all the authors come in as well and it's easy for me to talk to them about it yeah and then on the side um, my other goal that I already mentioned to you is try to help them monetize their content on meals.com at least try and do that yeah Um, but then my main priority is to start working with food brands yeah Um, and again that involves a lot of different things so promotion affiliate marketing um, content creation for them as well, yeah. connecting them with food bloggers, sometimes yeah. they ask for that as well, um, and also the white label solution for bigger brands. Yeah,
0: I wanted to ask you actually something about content because I think mm-hmm. you're in a very interesting position. Whereas you said, design like the mix between content at scale at first, yeah, and maybe not yeah. everybody can relate. I mean, imagine, like, like a, a lovely influencer that is listening from. Half share. If you're there, <laughs> give us a shout. You're listening like, it's me! Because <laughs> I said a very specific one. But, and, you know, obviously you don't have to create that much content at scale, but I think it's interesting because there's this belief, I think, that it's very easier for first to get loads of content. But if you're a platform that is basically at the beginning based on content, it's not that hard. Even just sourcing the content, it's yeah. a lot of work. And yeah. I think it's something that sometimes you don't realise. You know, in order to have enough variety yeah you need to have a lot of people involved and that's where you are basically as you say now you're finding the balance between acquiring new users and getting new people in especially that tier of people that are creating content mm-hmm. and also as you say like curating a bit more the uh the space i think it's something that sometimes people don't realize when they see a platform they think yeah. you know like it's people magically come. It's like, there's nothing in for them. They're not going to come just because you're there.
1: Yeah, that's true. You also have to share the vision with people for them to continuously do it and share the content as well. And that's what I'm working on as well. Um, Because now we want to, you know, what you you mentioned, variety as well is very important. So we have a lot of healthy recipes, but they're not necessarily targeted at different health goals or you know stores and there's so many people having so many different philosophies about food and if you think about it then you have to be very careful who you work with and then as you said it's not very easy you have to be um contact them you have to make sure that you understand their vision you have to share your vision with them as well and make sure they believe in what you believe they need to understand that this is a platform and You know, you can reach out to lots of people who visit meals.com. Yeah. But you have to be very clear about your message. So, not just share 10 random recipes and be like, yeah, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) That will do. Yeah, but be a little bit more clear about what you're promoting, why you're promoting that, why your message is like that. And in general, I think the question of why is very important on meals. You know, every time I talk to someone, I'm like, okay, it's not just what you do and and how you do it, but why you do it share a little bit more about what your philosophy behind it that's my favorite question
0: yeah yes. in the in the book like in well, my first book it's called make an impact just in case uh, nobody knows what it is but that's what it is I've uh, read it <laughs> Yay! no no and the people that have it they will be like yes I know because mm-hmm. I talk about why all the time Like, yeah. why is the yeah. most important question because that's really what people want to understand because then it also tells them your mission usually is made in order to help people again that's a positive influence I suppose Therefore, if you want to help people, they want to know what's in it for them. So answering the question why really helps you make it relatable, I suppose. As you say, otherwise there's no incentive for them to keep on coming. There's always excitement. You get something new, you try it, it looks cool. And most of us, I mean, I'm guilty of that. You get excited about a new platform, you do all the things all the time. Now, for example, to give you an example, I now write on Medium because it can happen by accident. But then I realized that you can make money out of it. Like by literally getting claps, which is really cute. Oh, really? Yeah. You get paid for that. I get paid for the claps, oh, I didn't only, know only from members. So it's really cute. Oh, so okay. Medium is this writing, by the way, if anybody doesn't know what it is, is a writing platform that has been going on forever, but I never really looked into it too much. Um, and you can have your mini publications, which is kind of like a mini collection where people can write as well. You can just post on your own profile. And people clap. But they introduced a paid membership, which I also pay, which is $5 a month. Yeah, and you I can, do that as well. Yeah. So basically... If you clap my stuff I get money so all the paid members. Oh my god I didn't
1: know that. You have no idea how generous I am. Because I like the button, you know, when
0: you clap yeah. it's very <laughs> so it, it, looks, it looks very cute. So I do it all the time. So if, if if you decide to have your articles as part of the paywall, that's what it's called. Uh, then whoever likes it. So I'll send you my profile if you want to like a few things. Yeah, yeah, I'll clap. <laughs> but no, it, it sounds really silly, but it's a very sm- it's a sm- small things, but it makes a difference. Like I made, last month I made $5, this month I made $10, which means yeah. I'm paying for my membership. It's fine. Yeah. But again, obviously there are the people that say, I made a thousand. It takes three years, or at least a couple of years, because you have to produce loads of content. But that's what I was coming back to. It's like, I'm a writer, so I love writing, so I would do it anyway. At first I got excited, I wrote a lot. And then funnily enough, discovering about this and getting told about the, the paywall kind of kept me going a bit because I'm like, well, first of all, it's brand awareness. Secondly, I'm writing, mm-hmm. which I love doing. But thirdly, I'm also getting, you know, you get a bit of a little rush and like a little, um, I guess, reward from it. So it's just kind of combining the two things and you have to have something that gets people interested, but then you have to get something you say that gets people coming back. Yeah, and sometimes and monitor the
1: incentive always works
0: as well, <laughs> so, you know. Whether we like it or not. Yeah,
1: but it's true, you know, even if it's $5 and then it's $10, as long as you see that it's increasing.
0: Yeah, um, And as you said, you love doing it anyway, so why not? I think is the thing is like, um, just telling you kind of, kind of the little example, you know, because you're part of it. I think you were the first one that signed up as well uh, for the marketplace, right? Yeah. That were, were, we're working on and stuff. And um, it was a funny conversation I had with somebody where they were like, we're talking to a brand, uh, so we get an- brands to apply, and sometimes they actually have a little demo. And they were like, oh yeah, I'd you know, i rather have less people, one brand, but very curated, just like you said. Mm-hmm. And then the other brand was like, ah, I think we're going to wait. It was right like three months ago, so way, way at the beginning, in March, April 2019, just in case you're listening, uh, you don't know where it was. Um, and people were like, oh well, actually I want to wait until it's got more influencers in. And the funny thing is that, We've noticed that so far, funnily enough, the same-ish people get picked for campaigns because the quality is better of the content. They're more proactive on it, and yeah. they tend to apply for more campaigns. So it's almost an, sometimes it's almost an illusion. So when we're gonna get ten thousand influencers, twenty thousand, whatever how many we're gonna get in? Um, it will look better for people, but funnily enough, from the background, right, from the backside, we see that the most proactive with better content with actually even just better communication skills to be honest are the ones that keep getting working again and again and again Yeah, because we also recommend them because we know that they're the best ones so it's a funny one when there's a quantity sometimes you just need it because people kind of want it but the thing they want it but it's not what they really want what they want is the quality yeah exactly and it's but I'm, I'm always very surprised about it you know even the two, though, i suppose yeah, yeah yeah of
1: course and people like oh what are the pages what are the, i don't know number of followers and of course it's important in a way but then what's really important is how good the the quality of the content is as well And even if you have, I don't know, 500 recipes, which are amazing, it's probably for us. I mean, we share recipes. So for us, um, 500 amazing recipes with good photography and, you know, good description and healthy as well is better than 25,000 really, really bad recipes, for example. Same with number of authors. I would rather work with, uh, you know, not that many, but amazing authors we call them so chefs nutritionists and food bloggers rather than have a thousand of them and then share one or two not not so good recipes basically
0: did you have something similar to us by the way whereas as as i said like we've got pretty much the same not it sounds bad saying the same people it's not literally the same person but we have pretty much a pool of people that are more active and therefore get more jobs do you have a similar thing when you've seen there have been some authors that have for example more page views or more recipes actually get kind of like loved or is it literally like everyone and anyone? I'm just wondering if you also have seen a pattern of being like some authors are either more active or just more successful at getting... No, 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 definitely
1: those who are more
0: active uh, get more page views and uh, opportunities
1: in general anyway. Uh, so first, they upload more recipes uh, on meals continuously as well. So it's not like once in a year, you know, when you just upload a batch of them <laughs> and then that's it. You never come back. Uh, we don't have a lot of engagement, to be honest, on meals.com as such. So yeah. like sometimes people say, oh, it's a good recipe, but they don't really discuss recipes yeah, as well. it's more about the
0: views. Then. Yeah,
1: yeah. So for us, it's more about views. But also for us, I've noticed that if we have an opportunity to write an article or mention someone somewhere, or you know we've just started organizing events for example so we did it with ala because she's the most popular author on meals that's what i was going to say and for us it, it wasn't even a question you know and it wasn't because i knew her before i started meals or anything like that because we're not actually um you know close friends we only work through we kind of started talking a lot through meals yeah because of how active she was and because of the content that she shares. Um, so the first person I naturally thought of was her because I was like, it's easy for me to, to communicate with her. You know, her content is great. People love her. She uploads content constantly as well. Um, so of course, I would want to work with her rather than with someone who shared even say 50 recipes three years ago and never came back to the platform.
0: I think it's a very good point as well. I wanted to give you give me an example because I wanted to reiterate again. Because again, there are going to be different people listening to this and obviously some of them are the bloggers and the influencers. And whether it's an influencer platform like ours, whether it's Meals, anything else that you're using in order to grow your audience, even Medium if you wanted to start writing on Medium, or to make more money and or to work with more brands, we can create the tools, right? We are good at that. I mean, like, humble <sighs> <I'm not laughs> brag. Both of us are pretty good at giving opportunities. But then we need to remember that, you know, they don't come by themselves even as as you said even I will be more naturally inclined to suggest some of our you know or actually I actually suggested quite directly a couple of our bloggers for the event that we mm-hmm. did together in summer 2019 and that was because I knew them and yeah. I've seen their stuff and therefore they come back to mind so that's the thing if you are a bit proactive because you really want to make something out of an opportunity and you're proactive in it you will be rewarded by the fact that people will remember you. Yeah, And I think it's an important thing to say because you cannot expect everything to happen magically, as you say, just by posting once or by just signing up. Yeah, and this is the
1: thing about meals as well. So sometimes I talk to authors and I'm like, do you expect to get paid for your recipes directly on meals? And many of them, surprisingly, I'm actually very glad about it, uh, many of them say that... There are other opportunities that come through meals. So say like Instagram, for example, if you don't sell something directly on Instagram, you still can get a lot of clients, you know, because people interact with you and not directly, but you you get a lot of opportunities through the community, through the platform
0: itself and so on. So it's the same. Exactly. And I think it's very important to understand because you are a great tool and probably the best tool when it comes to food, especially when you're giving a bit more of a Healthy food angle, but in general, like food bloggers and authors yeah. and chefs, so you're the best at that. And I'm saying that <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> again, hashtag I'm humble brag number two. Hashtag she didn't pay me for this, <laughs> uh, but I didn't get a free um oven glove, so you know, can, can, can the countess pay me? <laughs> um, but that's the thing, you know, like if you think there's something that can really help you to grow your audience again, make more money, whatever it is, whatever is the bottom line. You have to put some work in it you have to put some commitment into it because the more especially any platform grows the more us poor people there are behind it you know we you know there's more people to talk to there's more things so you know just that activity just really pays off because you will be seen more you you, people will know who you are we have for example in the platform um the marketplace actually a rating system where the brands can rate the bloggers and the bloggers can rate the, uh, the influencers can rate to the brands they work with, which is funny. Oh, that's very good actually. Both of them can. Yeah. Um and obviously just a small thing, but obviously if you start getting ratings, you start getting little comments, you know, we still believe a lot in I don't know if you've seen it maybe with some comments or likes on the recipes and stuff in meals but or views even, but if people can see that there's been some sort of good traction on it, if this yeah. is popular it's still word of mouth. It's still social proof. It works. Yeah, of course. And I think sometimes we forget that social proof is one of the most powerful things when it comes to that kind of recommendation. Because obviously, friends and acquaintances work. Influencers can work, as we know from influencer marketing. But what we want is just an idea that you know people believe in it or like it or had a good experience with it. Does it yeah. Make sense? yeah,
1: well, we also have ratings and then the pages for us is the most important thing, I suppose. We have recipes that have 180,000 pages, for example. And that means that the recipe is good and also it means that we've done a good um, SEO job as well. <laughs> <laughs> SEO! Oh, I'm going to do an SEO dance, which is a really
0: slow dance. <laughs> but it's SEO dance. Too.
1: But it's true. It's nice to, you know, get approval for what you do. And then, as you said, like, social approval is very important. This is how you understand whether the content is good, whether authors that you work with appreciate the platform and whether you, as a platform, appreciate what they share with you as well.
0: Now I'm going to go back to SEO. <laughs> oh, SEO, dance. Okay, something. She's gone. <laughs> I'm just in a weird, tricky we lost world. lost her. S-E-O. <laughs> And then, lot the people they ask, first of all, they, some people pronounce it CEO, and I'm like, that's a different thing. <laughs> um, but I remember when it first started, it was 2014, 2015, when it, people like us had a bit more understanding of it. And I remember that I was re- not new to the country, but probably was five years in. And I was starting to talk about SEO and I couldn't figure out SEO or CEO which one is which. Oh I hated that. Did you have that? You no, know,
1: I, I had lots of problems because I would talk to people about SEO yeah. and then they would be like, So who who are you at meals? And I'm like, founder and CEO, SEO. SEO CEO and like <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I would just confuse these two words because they would often ask me, like, one question and then another question about who are you, what's your role, and, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, I found an SEO, and they're like, okay.
0: <laughs> are you sure about that?
1: <laughs> Ooh, yeah, but yes, I know, very
0: funny. I know how much you talked about it because you talked about it even, and again, at the event that I was at, um, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to hear a bit more about... how did you get, well, I know why, but how did you get so into the SEO side of things, especially for meals? Why is it so important? Also, SEO, search engine optimization, again. Also, tell us what it is in plain English. That's that's probably a challenging one, but just in case somebody still doesn't know exactly what it is.
1: Uh, Well, it's basically how Google... Decides whether to put you on the top of the first page or to put you at the bottom of the twentieth page <laughs> when you search for something. Um, how did I get into it and why it's important? Uh, well, we are a platform. Obviously, we have a lot of content, but the problem is that if your content isn't discovered by people, there is no point in it at all. Yeah. Um, so we do have good content. I'm happy about it, but. If we don't invest in search engine optimization, you know, learning about how Google works, what it wants from us, all the rules, all the updates as well, uh, then we can't make it to the top of Google. So if someone searches for a recipe, they will never find it on Meals. They will never come to our platform. And obviously we care about the traffic and we care about um, how easy it is for people to find the content on meals. And again, our authors, of course, care about that as well. So if they put a lot of effort into sharing their content, but it's never discovered by anyone, so what's the point for them as well? Uh, I agree. So, yeah. (laughs) So, of course, it's crucial for us. I actually now think that uh, search engine optimization is probably one of the main... um, you know things that we should be focusing on as
0: well because i think that's a big element of discoverability yeah and absolutely it's a massive element and i think because i have a, again loads of clients when i'm talking to them and i'm helping one-on-one i mean the community to be honest, it comes up a lot from like the membership and it's like okay how can i make things more what i see friendly and then it's always a case of like well you can just play on your name. Sometimes it helps. Like, if you sound to get a bit of traction, so if your website name, you know, I use, for example, my name is my main keyword for just, first of all, my website doesn't have a lot in it. Uh, but it helps, because at least people can read about me. But then, obviously, if you look at a publication or a blog or a platform, you kind of want as many chances for people to find specific topics as possible, because obviously yeah. you're providing knowledge. And I think that's what people get really confused and what I loved about your talk, which I'm going to ask you now about, is... Actually, being a bit more creative and specific because sometimes you're like, you know, how to, okay, let me think, how to heal your gut. And that is literally the key word or key phrase. And I'm like, Wow, because you're already competing with so many other yeah. blogs because it's also a case of how long the page has been living there, how high your overall ranking, how many people have been writing about it and how many people already have you know are at the top of the list and they literally have a blog post about that.
1: Yeah, and there are many other factors as well, like how many people talk about your blog and, and share the same link to your blog, for example, as well.
0: So there are thousands of uh, factors, actually. So I was thinking about how important, because I know it is and I want you to tell me how important it is to just be specific or be clever, I suppose, about actually the keyword itself.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's very important. So whenever we uh, do SEO, and for us it's actually a little bit harder because it's not just a website, it's a platform, and also the content that is on our platform is created by other people. Oh, yeah. So it's not um, the first... How do I say first draft or kind of have first resource? Yeah, so very often they already share similar recipes on their blogs already. Do you know what I mean? So
0: it's kind of, yeah. like it's kind of repurposed already once, kind of.
1: Yeah, so we, of. Have to, we have to make sure that uh, it's still unique. So it's impossible for us to just you know ask someone for a recipe and ask them to just copy paste it because then we will be penalized for that and it's going to be really bad for their first. Um, publication as well, so for their blog as well Um, so being having a unique content is very important because if it's not unique you can actually be, not banned but you will be penalized by Google Uh, you have to be smart about it uh, in terms of keywords and there are lots of tools that help you discover the keywords and topics in general as well Um, and uh, on Google Analytics you can um, see the uh, you know, the trends, yeah. Both for keywords and for topics in general. Um, you have to be smart about uh phrasing it as well and that's when it gets tricky as well, because there are people who write SEO friendly articles as they call them. Yeah. But then they're not they're not written for people. You can <laughs> when you read the article you can actually see that it's kind of like written for Google or bots or I don't know what. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you read it and you're like that's a very strange article. Like, normally people don't really write like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, mm. Yeah, so again, there is a balance. You still should be writing for people,
0: um, but you have to use keywords in a smart way as well. I like that. I think you gave loads of little tips in there. I like things. One of the things I like that you mentioned in the talk, which I'm going to just talk about, because there was a massive um, in the Facebook report, and there was a massive discussion about repurposing an existing article. On Medium, for example, but anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said in the talk, which maybe you can expand on a tiny bit, which was what we do, we make sure, you said, what we do, we make sure that the introduction is unique, is our introduction. Yeah. And we actually give our own insights on the recipe. Yeah. And um, why is that important? And, what you know, why is that? It's a small thing, but why does it actually make a difference? Um,
1: it makes a difference because it basically creates a unique content. So your So if the recipe is the same... Uh, on your blog and on meals.com, recipes are not actually copyrightable, but the description of the recipe is what matters. So the better it is, the longer it is, and it has to be unique. So these three factors matter a lot. Exactly. Because if it's a unique content, then Google sees it as an additional, you know, a completely new
0: um, post. Because so many people, like, again, and we've done it ourselves sometimes, but... So many people, you know, sometimes will say, okay, like, I'll get your recipe, I'll repost it fully, instead of maybe putting the link and stuff. And, and then, again, and then the other party goes like, OMG, Google is going to come and it's going to ban you and they're going to take, like, the Spanish Inquisition with them. And you're like, ah! <laughs> There are ways. It's just about being a bit smart. And I think, um I don't know, obviously, how much you outsource the SEO side of things. Uh, but actually, funnily enough, a lady that used to work for us, she asked me if I could recommend somebody... And she said, "Well, I was quoted like two thousand pounds just for like a basic SEO." And I was like, "I mean, obviously you can, but I said every single time that you're writing something, you will need to make sure that at least it's, you know, that there's some l- elements and rules." So I said, "Is it really worth the while for you to do that right now? Or Is it worth the while to at least try to understand what the heck you're talking about, yeah. what it is, and how it works? If you want to produce content online and you want to be discovered via the content, I think taking the time and the effort and the energy to understand." the Basics of SEO at least, I think you really have to understand the basics at least because they update the
1: rules all the time. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if everyone receives emails, but I receive emails every two weeks, maybe. And they're like, Oh, we've changed this, so you have to change this on your recipes. Yeah, and my developers always work <laughs> on that as well. So, because if you stop, then you know it's going to affect everything in the future yeah, as especially well, if so you have to keep um updated basically and unless you have basic knowledge just like very (laughs) very basics you you wouldn't really be able to
0: keep up as well what do you use to keep yourself up to date what's the best resource that you use what do you mean
1: well no i just receive emails from from them and they say oh we've detected a new issue or you know these are the new yeah these are the new rules that you have to uh you know comply with and so on so i always talk to my developers and i'm like listen guys we have to change this this and this but it changes all the time and that's what i'm saying like you have to understand the basics at least to be able to keep up because otherwise even when i just started every time i received emails like that like that i was like i have no idea what they're talking about Eh? but that's
0: the thing that's what i'm saying is like i said to her as well i was like if website is new. You have literally no content in there now. You're in the best position to understand how things work so that at least you can start with the right foot. There's nothing worse than saying, I'm going to go back and do t- one time. We have 1,000 articles in on the magazine. 1,000 articles and we're going to refresh them all. So I always know a bit of SEO and I always try to train whoever was responsible for it mm-hmm. to do it as much as possible. And I was like, if you forgot or if you didn't do it for the first month, it's okay. But now let's kind of like, you know, keep the basics at least in check. Because again, um, it makes I think in my opinion it makes a wealth of a difference. Even if you just do the small things that make an article green light <laughs> for, for Google, it's just a small thing, but it just makes keywords and key phrases. A bunch of people seriously don't put the keyword and yeah. the key phrase around, and I'm like, that's literally the most basic thing you can do. Yeah, but you know, Absolutely. it's not going to be discoverable, is it? It's just a yeah.
1: And also it's important, I'm just going to add this, uh, because you mentioned that the website was new for, for the later, yeah. right? Uh, it's actually very important how you build the website as well. Mm-hmm. So I know that ages ago, if you did it on weeks.com, it wasn't actually very beneficial for you in terms of SEO. I think they're changing it now, or maybe they've changed it now, uh, I don't know. But in general, it's very important how you produce the code as well. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a kind of front-end and back-end, and this back-end is also very important. Because if you write unique articles, but the way your website is built um, is a bit dodgy <laughs> or like very simple, you know, the architecture of the website is not a proper one, then it will actually um, affect your um, search engine optimization as well
0: to be honest again no offense to Wix like I don't have nothing against the team but it's the one that I least recommend whenever somebody else we kind of build some like Squarespace I don't know to use it but I can say he's still very good my favorite is WordPress because that's what I've done for the past 15 years. So yeah. obviously I know it. Yeah, they are
1: actually uh, good with SEO, I think.
0: they. Have I'm not sure
1: I haven't really tried any uh, of them, to be very honest.
0: <laughs> the plugins but that they have, the support it. Yeah. They're so good they can literally change the Google snippet, how it's going to look yeah. like. And so they have very good ways. And they're very easy to even cycle. <clears throat> Cycroll, it's kind of like another interesting way to say just basically help google find you so they're very yeah. easy and also kind of non-techy way that they can help you do that yeah compared to others but yeah wix again as you say maybe i've changed but i'm just getting on the back end it gives me headaches so i don't use it myself yeah <laughs> it's yeah. just literally my personal choice but but it's just something for people to keep in mind as well 100%. I think. it's like you should take that into account as part of the way that you want to build the website because it's yeah just you want people to find you i think that's the thing is like
1: and also when I talk to food brands and very often they're like, oh, we're not interested in having our own smart recipe platform just yet because we're doing our website. So they put a lot of money and effort into, you know, creating a new website, but they don't keep that in mind. So they yeah. put all the effort, they have a new website, but it's not actually better in any way. <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> I mean, right. it might look pretty and it might be, you know, kind of like user friendly, friendlier. Uh, especially design-wise, but um, SEO might not necessarily be affected by that.
0: You know what? I'll tell you a funny story. The most, a bit like your most clicked recipe, the most clicked article that still brings us loads of traffic, and if she's listening to it, thank you, Anjali. Is the lovely Anjali Malto. She uh, wrote an article about her beauty routine. Mm -hmm. I don't think she has a website. Okay. I think that's the thing. So when people Google her, we've always been the first one that comes up Yeah, always because obviously we were the first one to actually feature and it was right before the book came out so then people started googling it a lot so actually the most, three or four, of the most uh, clicked article of all times and still they are to date are the ones with very unique brands or people that have a very specific name, a unique name that for example maybe don't have a a website or they don't have a thing of their own Yeah, and so we're always the first click, it's funny you know that's kind of like a very simplistic way to explain how somehow it's just it works yeah, and I just found it like, even my when I used to have my old website with the blog, my most clicked article ever was uh, a Lento Bolognese and a Deliciously Hela that I made oh, wow. literally crazy because people would check like literally that keyword yeah. and my website was the second or third one they came up, so the cat clicking on it so it does make a difference like I find obviously not all of your articles will always come up, but you could potentially get the one with a very specific unique thing or a you know, a person or whatever. So be smart, really, by your keywords because it will make a difference. Yeah, and test everything
1: you can as well.
0: Because there's no easy way to do it right now, yeah. much easier way. Also, But
1: you're right, you know, sometimes you expect an article or a recipe to perform really well, but it wouldn't. Like, you never know which one's going to be the one that's going to make it to the top of uh, Google page. So it's very good to test different strategies in general but keywords definitely it's a must and it's so easy
0: (laughs) i have one more question about this we got really deep down the seo train (laughs) like soul train um but it's because you're obviously a platform but you're not an app as for yeah yeah so i'm wondering how important we all know that mobile friendly is really important but how important it is for you guys right now uh, kind of the mobile friendly element, and do you see that people use it a lot on mobile or is it more on desktop? Just because I think some people uh, still don't un- understand that actually something that you need to take into account. It's actually for us, it's actually
1: 40 to 60 percent, so the majority of people still go uh, on, on desktop. the desktop. Wow, I think it's because of the features that we have, you know, meal planning. You can actually use it on the mobile version as well, but maybe people don't see that it's very straightforward maybe they don't even notice it i'm not mm. sure suppose, yeah. um, but we do have a very good mobile version so a lot of people so if it's just searching for a recipe mm-hmm. then it's very often just mobile uh, if it's something like using my planner or creating digital login basically books, Yeah. Okay. so then they go onto the desktop
0: that's interesting but we
1: did actually have an app okay um <laughs> With spoiler. S- yes. <laughs> We're not thinking of reintroducing it kind of because uh I don't know, it was just very difficult for us. You know, I had to hire a separate team who would work only on the app. Uh the app wouldn't really make money and also meals is free to use. Yeah. So I didn't particularly want to maybe now I would have different opinion, but back then when we just started I didn't really wanna charge people. Uh, you know, I didn't feel like it was not necessarily good enough, but I wanted to get more authors, more um, yeah, content well, as well, you know, for them to feel like
0: there is value yeah. in, in it. Um, yeah. I think it's a good thing to talk about just because, again, first of all, people to remember that your website also is seen you know, on mobile. Please make sure that it's mobile friendly because it's not, especially when you get an old theme or an old website from God knows where. So that's a small thing if you're a blogger or, or an influencer, cool. But also as a brand, or a platform or something a bit more digital yeah I think sometimes a lot of people were like, I wanna I um, want also actually a lot of bloggers as well I want to create an app and I'm like cool and we have an app which probably I think only Rachel one of our earliest members of the community um knows <laughs> remembers the app yeah I can't remember just, oh yeah it was it was a year of a lot <laughs> a lot of it was very simple as well but odd oh, nightmares because I wanted to make it as good as possible that's everything I do. I was just like, no, no, why am I doing this? Because it was more on a social yeah. level as well. So it's really important to understand, one, do you need an app? Secondly, really people need to understand the amount of work and investment that goes into oh, it. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I, think, I still think most people now know, but a lot of people get excited and you don't look at it first and be like, okay, how is this going to make me money, as you say, one, because there is a lot of costs involved. Yeah. And two, how am I going to make it scalable? Yeah. And three, have I got the time or the people? Exactly.
1: And then you actually have to market it as well. And then the marketing strategies are different from, you know, the platform uh, on desktop. Yeah. So it's, it's like a new, you know, not business, but it's like a little startup within a startup.
0: Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. so I think unless you start having a plan where you see the monetizing element coming into the app, yeah. if you're doing it just for like good publicity, again, now is the time where there's an app for pretty much everything. So in order to be unique, you kind of have to have a, a, big, a big database yeah. that you can, then maybe, you, know, you can move them to, to something like that afterwards. This is yeah. kind of what I personally find.
1: But also for us uh, as well, people come to meals because they search for a recipe, right? Yeah. So you, you, you want to cook something for dinner and you just go, go and Google SEO again <laughs> and then if we're on top, people just go on meals yeah. to encourage people to download the app and go to the app directly they have to be very loyal to that app in particular, I see. I you see. know what I mean so for us desktop is actually easier and the traf- to get traffic to our website, the platform um, either on mobile version or on desktop is easier than to encourage them to download the app and search for recipes
0: in, in the app and I think especially with Siri now or okay, Google I didn't say A Siri because now it's very <laughs> sensitive and every single time I say it, it just kind of goes up and it's like, hi Fab, and it was here in the middle of the podcast, like, hi Fab, what's up today? <laughs> um, and I was, kind of funny story actually, talking about, as I said, Siri and stuff. I was very resistant about using it. My mother, who is 60 plus, uses it more than me. Literally, all the time. And she even as Alexa, that's just saying. But I was a bit resistant. But now in the last probably three to four months, I use it mainly when, for example, I'm cooking and I'm asking to put a timer on putting an alarm on because I'm not, I don't have it close to me, stuff like that. But I use it more, maybe not as much for searching yet. But for example, I have some friends that are on a Google phone yeah. and they use OK Google all the time. So I think that, there's, as you said, that's a lot of the potential as well because if you ask Siri for a recipe for vegan nachos, mm-hmm. it's going to bring up results from a search engine. I don't think
1: it's... Very good at the moment because I've tried to use it myself. <laughs> um I think it can be improved, let's put it that way. Yeah, 100%. Uh, But I definitely think that that's the future.
0: I see people using it more.
1: And also, as I said, like we have a lot of people who are 60 plus yeah. and you know why they use Siri and, uh, okay, Google often? Typing? Yeah, because my professor told me that, <laughs> I didn't know. He said that back in the days, they wouldn't uh, type emails. Yeah. They would say it out loud, like letters or, oh, yeah. you know. And the system would write it down for them. I'm not really sure which system now, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that that's what he said. He was like, no, I used to like communicate uh, to the computer, I don't know what, um, with the voice. And this is
0: why they find it easier as well. Interesting. But and you're right, I, th- I, I do believe that. I think yeah. actually Google is better. The Google One is better than... Uh, my friend that I'm not going to mention now because I'm going upset now. We love you. Uh, phone. Um, but it, from what I've heard as well, Google is a bit better. Yeah. But still, as you said, there's probably room for improvement and I can see only getting better, but because it's kind of like working towards, like, with that. And as you said, you're right. Like, I even, you know, the obvious recipe place would be Pinterest sometimes. Because yeah. you have... Even I, it's kind of funny, I see all this stuff in the boards, but then if I have to tell you that when I want to do something spontaneous for dinner, I go to my board.
1: Yeah, it's more no. likely
0: I have one thing in my cupboard and I'm like, I need something for this. So I do Absolutely. understand.
1: Yeah, I've done a lot of research about how people search for recipes as well. And uh, most of the time in like 85% or even more, people just Google it. So even if they're very keen and save all the recipes on Instagram and Pinterest and even meals, very
0: often still they will go to Google. Because I think that's a very important point, isn't it? You do the research, obviously, about, as you say, value or monetizing or the way the platforms look and the way the platforms work. But also think about, as you say, if you know that there's a very specific way that people can find you, understanding, because I guess that also impacted that, that question, that research impacted how much time you spent on SEO because you understand. And it, again, people sometimes don't think about that. You don't, yeah. you don't realize that understanding how people are looking for things related to you will, you know, will help them finding you in the first place. Yeah, okay. I think
1: it's different for everyone, though. So, yeah, but it is definitely important to find that one or five things that work really well for you, and then focus on that,
0: 100%. or at least
1: prioritize it.
0: Hundred percent, I agree. Um, now, I have one more question. It's the last question, uh, and then all happily and merrily, if we're recording in summer. I am saying that because there's a tiny <laughs> fan that is not switched off, and we're both looking at it. like Literally, you would look at the Holy Grail. So, as soon as we're out, the fan is going to come up, and it's going to rejo- joyfully wind us up, and just going to take a breeze. <laughs> Some sort of breeze. But, yeah, the last question is, therefore... After my tangent, um, if you could have brunch with anyone, dead or alive, who would that person be? Oh, Right now, I yeah. would
1: absolutely love to meet uh, Marion Nestle. Mm-hmm. It's a woman whose book I'm reading right now. Yeah. The book is called Food Politics. Nice. And she's a nutritionist and she's in public health, uh, you know, making a lot of impact uh, with government regulations about food. And... um, Yeah, it's very. I would love to talk to her because what she writes is very interesting, and she studies how food brands do marketing and how how they promote the message and why we actually eat what we eat. I see, and it's very often not because you want to be healthy or even you've read an article or I mean, to a certain extent, not even your will as well. It's how governments. um, Oh, governments share the message about what you should eat as well so it's very interesting it's basically food politics and at the moment I'm just obsessed with her and you know every all the research that she's done and all the books that she's written so I would love to have brunch with her Oh wow. there are many other people though but right now it's oh. her <laughs> right now it's you, it, baby <laughs>
0: yeah and she definitely have a good spot for lunch that's for sure maybe like she will be like you see that <laughs> that's how they're doing it you're like Okay, Marianne, let's just hold the food now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> she
1: sees it in a completely different way from us.
0: <laughs> and that's the thing, that I think when you're so aware of it as well, you can see it of course. so clearly and
1: you're like, okay. But the book is very interesting. I actually advise everyone to read it because even when you read it, you're like, aha, wow, <laughs> never thought about it. <laughs> and
0: that's now I see
1: things differently as well. <laughs> that's amazing.
0: Well, my darling, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. It was amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Make an Impact Show. For more info on the HPC, head to our socials at hbloggers.com or go to our website, healthbloggerscommunity.com. Now, get out there and be awesome.